You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome, everybody, to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Down, and we've got a great show in store for you guys tonight, talking about everything art, music, and entertainment, the things I love the most. And I am so thankful that I get to sit here every single solitary weekend for you with you guys talking about the things I love. Now, if you are not an artist, we hope that you'll be inspired to try something new. And if you are just somebody that just loves all everything art, hopefully we'll turn you on to something that you didn't even know existed. That's what we love to do the most. Now, tonight we have two great guests. My first guest is going to be Julie Fallis. Julie Fallis is a Gaelic singer. She's going to be calling us from Scotland, her native country. And Gaelic is a language native to Scotland that's not used much anymore because of the fact that the English language has completely infused itself. It's a beautiful language. It's an ancient language. And she sings it so beautifully. She's got such an angelic voice. And if you don't th- if you don't recognize her name or her music, don't worry. I know you've heard her music. If you know Disney's Brave, then you've heard her music because she does the intro, uh, which is called "Touch the Sky," on that soundtrack, and it's a beautiful song, and it really sets the tone for Merida and what basically the whole uh, story about Brave is. Then we have Paul Quo coming on. He is a Chinese actor who is a Christian, and he stars in this thing called God's Not Dead. It's a great movie coming out. Uh, We know you guys are going to enjoy that as well. And we're going to talk to him about his faith. We're going to be talking to him about his, uh, his ability to act and what it's like for Chinese actors here in America. All right, so before we get into anything pressing, I want to bring you up to date on our website, which is www.theamemagazine.com. You can go there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, and experience the AME experience, which is television, radio, and magazine. So much stuff up there for you. Um, I know you'll never get bored. So if you want to see all of our crazy outings and our adventures, go check out our television show. If you want to see any of our past guests and um, listen to some of the people that have made it here in the art, music, and entertainment industry, go to our radio show or our magazine because we have all that stuff up there. Um, Also, we want a lot of social media followers and uh, likes and whatever whatever it may be up there. Um, so if you are on any of these platforms, please go over there, friend us, like us, com- communicate with us, whatever it may be. It's uh, Facebook. is facebook.com forward slash the AME experience. Uh, for Twitter, it is Dowd Studios. And Dowd Studios is my personal art studio. It's also my personal Twitter and the AME experiences Twitter. So there's a lot of information up there. And you can also go to, um, uh, let's see here, YouTube. We want lots of subscribers on YouTube, which is forward slash the Amy Experience. Uh, you can also get to all these links on our website. So if you're on their website, check us out over there. We also would love to hear independent music. So if you are an independent musician and you want to have your chance to have your music here on our radio show and possibly even an interview, send it to us. Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Whatever it may be, check us out over there. Send it to us. We want to hear it. So that's our plugs for our uh, social media networks. If you want to hear our radio show, if you there's many ways to find it. You can go to amfm247.com. There you can find it every uh, Friday, every Saturday night, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on all the AM and FM stations across the United States and the Internet. So you can just check us out over there. Also... Um, you can go to WKLAP.com. That is an internet radio station, and we're on Friday at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also go check us out on iHeart On Demand. We're so proud to be a part of that. So if, you are, if you're an iHeart subscriber, go check us out. Add us over there, and anytime we have a new show going up, you will get it right there to your phone and to your account. Very exciting stuff. All right, guys, it is time for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be going into a review, then right into our interview with Julie Fallis. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The AMFM 24-7 Roku channel broadcasts all of our shows on demand. 
To ensure reliability, we store and stream our content on the same servers as Netflix and Amazon. Our Roku channel is free to use, and anyone owning one of the more than 10 million Roku devices can watch our channel at no cost whatsoever. If you have a television show or are thinking about producing a show, you can be a part of AMFM 247's Roku channel. Watch our great shows on your Roku device. It's free and more reliable than cable TV. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeshare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. D.D. Ritman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddritman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddritman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. Andrea Tanteros here from the Fox News Channel. I've got a new book out, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable, also known as the modern-day Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Go ahead and pick it up at your local bookstore now. It's already a bestseller, or you can get it off Amazon.com or HarperCollins.com. Hey, I'm Michael Rosander, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. In a world where all opinions matter... One opinion matters more, and that's his. Join Jason Dowd as he reviews movies, books, music, and anything someone wants his opinion on in this edition of Man Reviews Stuff. Now here is Jason Dowd. All right, guys. I'm really excited to talk to you about my review today because I went to the movies over the weekend and I had a little, I had a lot of fun. I got to admit, um, but. I was a little hesitant about going to the movie. It's Pete's Dragon. Now, Pete's Dragon is one of these new movies that are coming out that it seems like the producers are just remaking original movies and changing them up a little bit. We've seen it all over the board from just about every movie studio that's out there. So I was really hesitant about this one because of the fact that I didn't really like the first Pete's Dragon. Now, I love just about anything Disney, and anybody who knows me knows I love Disney. Now, it's not necessarily that they did a bad job. I just didn't like the story of the first one. And I also didn't like that um, it didn't have the same feeling that most Disney movies that infused live action and cartoons into one uh, one show like uh, Song of the South did and some of these other ones that they, that they did you know, throughout the 60s and 70s. It just didn't have that same feel to it. And I'm wondering if that was because of the fact that Walt Disney and his brother Roy were so magical together that they, that they were able to put something uh, together to make it amazing. And we, we really didn't have that, but they tried really hard to capture that. And I think they tried too hard. So anyways, going to see this new, um, this new live action video of a uh, movie of Peach Dragon I was very skeptical about. I didn't really like the book either. I, I don't know what it was about it. I just, for some reason, it just wasn't my favorite. Doesn't mean I didn't like how they how they constructed the first one. I just didn't know about the storyline. Now, this storyline was pretty intense. I enjoyed this movie all the way through. Um, it's still not one of my favorite movies from Disney. Um, I think Maleficent was five times better. Um... I even think Descendants was five times better. There's a lot of other better movies out there by Disney, but this one was very good. I actually think they fixed the problems from the first one. Um, the 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 cinema the cinema cinematography of the entire movie was 
very well done. Um, you almost couldn't tell. Like sometimes when they use computer graphics, you can tell it was computer graphics. This one, you couldn't tell. They did a very great job blending it in. Um, the storyline was great. The movie flowed. Honestly, if you are emotional, you're going to get probably a little emotional with this. So definitely bring your um, your uh, Kleenexes or something to wipe your tears away with, because it will it will tug at you a couple of times. But the end result is so amazing. I think that was what the best part of the movie was. I really thought that it was going to go into a different type of a twist, but at the end, it was amazing. I would recommend this movie to just about anybody, especially if you have kids. Um, this is still something a kid would very much enjoy. Um, it is a little bit more, you know, uh, intense than the original Peach Dragon. The original Peach Dragon is more, um, you know, song, dance, and 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 you know, fun stuff. But so this does have a little bit of a little bit more intensity. Um, but f- honestly, from what you see on television, this is nothing compared to that. So they will enjoy it. I suggest you go see it. I'm going to give it about four stars out of five. Highly enjoy it. If you want to see the review and a little bit more in detail, you can go check us out on our website at theamemagazine.com and go to the magazine. It's right up there. I think you guys will enjoy it. So we'll be right back after this. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> All right, everybody, I have on the line with me a very special guest. She is Julie Fowlis, and you probably heard her music. You just didn't even know it, and I'm going to make sure that you do know it now because she has uh, her first song, which was called Touch the Sky, was the main song to Brave, the soundtrack from the Disney's, uh, the Disney's Princess uh, movie. And she has a lot of amu- amazing uh, music out there, and she just released a new uh, album called, I'm going to try to say this, it's a Gosh Gule and uh, every, oh, yeah. not too bad. And it's every story. So, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, um, all all good. Well, I'm 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 pretty good. I'm glad I actually uh, did that pretty well because I've never I, I didn't know how to pronounce that. But um, I'm uh, I'm getting I'm getting used to the language. And what's really cool about the Scot uh, about Scotland is that I had a friend from Scotland, born and raised there, and he really helped me through a lot of times when I first moved down here because I had an accent. He had an accent and we kind of like bonded because it was different from everybody else down here. And I have always been fascinated with Scotland and I still talk to his mother and, and, and everything. And, you know, it just, I love, I love the culture. So kind of tell me a little bit about the Gaelic verse. Okay, well, I guess in, throughout Scotland, the, the, the culture is very strong and um, the music and the song um, stems in, from from my own from my own side, it stems from the from the Gaelic language mainly. So um, the Gaelic language was at one time spoken in in nearly every part of Scotland, but today um, it's it's I guess been pushed to the extremities of the country, and it now survives um, mostly in the Outer Hebrides, which are the islands that lie off the west coast of Scotland, and um, that's really down to. Uh, the flat fact that the language has suffered at the hands of the English language, which has been the dominant language, which, um, you know, this story happens, this type of story happens all over the world and has happened throughout history, you know, and the dominant language and, uh, of English and, and the culture ha- has pushed the Gaelic language back to the, to the extremes of Scotland, to the extent now where it's only spoken by around 1% of the population of Scotland. So um, that's around um, just under 60,000 people out of the 5 million in Scotland. So it's a very low number. But the Gaelic language um, has a huge wealth of of songs, of, of poetry, 
and it has an, a really strong associated culture of music and dance as well. And um, the the language itself goes back, um, you know, 1,500, 2,000 years and uh, and more. And I am fortunate that I, I get to sing traditional songs that have been passed down from singer to singer uh, within communities and families, um, you know, over several hundred years. And some of the songs that I sing... Um, might easily be five, six, seven hundred years old, um, and they've been kept alive in, an, in a really vibrant uh, oral tradition. So um, th- these songs are, are, are very special um, to me and to, and to lots of other folk, and it's a it's a real honour and um, a great pleasure out of singing these traditional songs. So why did you decide to take your career to be able to? Uh, sing these types of songs and how did you learn the language I mean I'm sure that you're probably doing it to just keep the language alive well I guess to be honest when I started I didn't really think about it too much I'm, I'm lucky that I come from a family where um, Gaelic is, is is part of everyday life my mother's a native speaker and all her family so it wasn't unusual for me to to hear the language or to speak the language or indeed to sing in the language so I was kind of surrounded by it um, and it felt very natural for me to sing these songs and when I guess I suppose when I was an older teenager into my early 20s I felt a really strong pull to these songs and that was probably partly from um, the fact that I left home like so many young people do in the Highlands and Islands of Scotland. You have to leave in order to, to go to college, go to university or to find work. And I suppose when I left home, I guess the pool of home um, became stronger in a way and I was um, I was really drawn to, 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 to sing these songs and um, to, to keep that tradition going if you like so um, it felt like I was taking a little bit of home with me wherever I went well I gotta admit you have one of the most purest voices I've ever heard and I love <laughs> I love your voice I could listen to it all day long and it doesn't matter how what type of a mood I'm in it will calm me down and just make me oh. feel good how did you oh, how did you, you physically go through that to get your voice to be like that did you go through any any training or was it just naturally there no I I, I didn't have any training at all and um, I, I it's funny when I first started singing um, on a full-time basis I'd, I'd been singing off and on on a on a professional but a, a part-time basis um, for a few years. But when I first went into it uh, full-time and I, and I took the big step of leaving my, my day job behind to become a professional singer, if you like, professional performer, I remember I, I lost my voice um, really badly. I, I mean, I guess when you lose your voice, it's, it's, it's lost. There's no... There's no um, there's, there are not many different levels. It was either there or it's not. And I lost my voice entirely. And I remember going to see a a vocal coach and it was the first time I'd ever spoken to anybody and um, I said I don't understand I I, I, you know I I don't understand how I've lost my voice and and he said well how many concerts have you done this year and I said I don't know about 150 and he said well that'll do it like that that will do it if you if you don't know how to look after your voice and and uh, not so much train your voice but uh, treat it as a musical instrument so I, I guess I kind of learned the hard way and I had to learn pretty fast how to <laughs> how to cope on the road and be a touring musician which is a very different thing to just being able to sing mm-hmm. so um, I guess I've, I've had just to learn that as I've been going along and um, I, I've been lucky to learn from friends and and colleagues fellow singers they're always I guess in the folk world it's it's a really nice um, musical world to inhabit and uh, many of the singers and musicians are very very supportive of one another because I guess we're all playing and performing a minority um, style of music you know so mostly you'll find that everyone's very supportive and um, you're you know, very encouraging so I, I, I've learned lots from my peers as well. I love that you, you you were taking these older songs to the modern audiences. Have you ever written songs yourself and what's your process to do that? Well I don't write many songs really if any but what I, what I do enjoy is I, I enjoy um, spending time looking through old poetry, of which there is so, so much. I mean, really incredible volumes of um, of poetry that is either unpublished or published and out of print, and you know, you never hear about it. There's some really incredible writing being done in the in the, in the Gaelic language, and I do enjoy 
taking some of these uh, older poems and setting some of them to music. So I enjoy composing and um, bringing these old poems to life as songs. Let's jump to uh, Brave now. Uh, how did you How did you get that role uh, to be able to to do the the song for uh, the Actually, it's the introduction to Brave. Yeah, well, it was it was very very interesting and and really simple. Actually, I I didn't know anything uh, about the film or that it was even happening or being developed when I got an, an email out of the blue just to, to my website from um, the assistant head of music for Disney Pixar. And just asking if he would mind if I sent him my phone number. So um, I, I, I promptly did send him my phone number. <laughs> and then uh, he, he rang me that uh, the following day, I think, and um, said that they were working on this movie and that they'd like to chat to me about it. And so they were um, actually due to be in Scotland a few weeks after that. So we arranged to meet and... Uh, we, he, you know, he told me all about the film, and I, I met with the producer and, and the director, and we had uh, a really great chat. And they, they just said they had come to Scotland, you know, the a few months previous, and they had collected lots of music, and they had just, they had just sat and listened to as much music as they could find, and uh, they very kindly said that they kept coming back to, um, to, to the music that I had released and to my voice, and that's what they kind of wanted. For the film, so I was very, very um, fortunate and, and honoured to, um, to to get the chance to do it. It was really, it was really incredible working with with the, the team there. They're a very, very um, committed, dedicated, enthusiastic, and creative team, and it was um, it was really a, a wonderful experience to work with them on the songs. And uh, they they really welcomed for you know for such a big company with so much to 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 lose, I guess, you know, with creating this film that, and so much to gain also. They, I, I felt that they gave us quite a... Uh, um, a, a, a they gave us a, a real opportunity to contribute our, our own thoughts and feelings into the track. So it felt very much like a, a real collaboration and a, a meeting of minds, if you like, from, from Scotland and, and from, from West Coast uh, America. So it was, it was very enjoyable. Well, that's what I love about Disney is they put so much authenticity as much as they can into the into the movie because they want you to believe it. And the song is so powerful because if you listen to the words about it, it really sets the tone for who Merida is way before you get it to really get, before, before you get to know her. And that I think that was so amazing how they mix that up. But you know, have you? I know you've watched the movie uh, obviously and stuff. What would it? What What was your impression of Merida? Oh, I thought. I mean, we we were lucky enough to get an insight into into Merida and the other characters, you know, beforehand. But we we, although we had the chance to watch the entire movie beforehand, we decided not to. So what we did was we we um we were aware of the storyline and we knew vaguely how the the plot lines of the film. We we roughly knew how it how it went, how it played out, and we were um. We worked specifically on the two sections. We contributed two songs to the film, so we were we worked very closely with the visuals on those two sections. But we opted not to see the film and to leave it as a surprise for ourselves, myself and my husband Eamon. Um, we we co-produced these tracks and performed on them together. So um, although they gave us the chance, we said no. We'll we'll leave it, and we'd like would love to see it as a in, in its entirety when it's released. So. Um, that was really fun too, because although we were very much involved in the film, in those two sections, um, it was still a real buzz to get to see it for the first time uh, at the premiere in Hollywood. I bet. I mean, that is she's probably one of the coolest princesses I've ever seen, because not only is she strong-willed, but she is an inspiration to so many people. I know they were trying to be like an inspiration for women, but she also is a big inspiration for men too. Um, what's your take on her tenacity and and how do you think that you could does she apply to you in your own music well it's funny um well there's a, there's a couple of things i think the the first thing as a as a, a mother of two girls I, I think um characters like merida actually have a real they have a real part to play in 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 the story of of, of young girls kind of growing up and looking for role models and um, I think it was a really great thing and quite a, um, excuse the pun a brave thing for for the um, for the writers it, you know it was a 
brief step for them to take because she's very different to the other characters, the typical Disney princess. And that, it, it, it's quite a significant move away, but I think it was a step that had had to happen in lots of ways in this kind of modern world that we live in. And I think she's she's a really great role model for little girls in, in lots of ways. And it was kind of interesting working on the film, having um, with, a, with, a, with a two-year-old uh, daughter and with a, a second girl on the way, although I didn't know it was a girl at the time, but it, a second baby on the way, um, and suddenly coming into that for the first time in my life, exploring that mother-daughter relationship, which was essentially what the film is all about, mm-hmm. uh, Merida and her specifically her relationship with her mother. And so um, I really, I had a real empathy to uh, to the storyline, and I felt that um, it really, I, I really got my head into and my and my heart into what what the story was all about. So, uh, it, it, in that sense, I felt a kind of close connection to the storyline. You know, one of the things that uh, I love about Disney is that when they take all these different cultures, they try to make it as authentic as possible. Did, how well did they capture Scotland? I think I, I I'll admit to being a little bit nervous about that when we first, you know, chatted about this um, whole adventure. I, I I was nervous as to how 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 Scotland would be portrayed, especially as they're kind of harking back to a time where, you know, um, but at the same time, when we when we watched the film. One thing that Scottish people are very good at are the Scottish people have a great sense of humour and they can be pretty sarcastic and we're, we're, we're good at laughing at ourselves. <laughs> and there was, a, there was little bits of fun kind of poked at, um, you know, different uh, dialects and different things about the Scottish character. And I think actually the... the um, they managed to grasp some characteristics of the Scots really, really well, and I think they, they kind of they poked fun just in the right ways that we would because we're able to laugh at ourselves, you know, a lot. And I think they 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 managed to get that line really well. It's actually a really difficult thing to do to um, have fun in the storyline, poke a little bit of fun at you know some of the central characters, and um, still make everybody really love the movie. And um, I think they did that really well, and. I think their casting was was great, and having people on board like Kevin McKidd, who took on uh, that Doric element, which is a kind of um, uh, he played um, uh, the MacGuffin characters, the ones that no one can understand. Right. Um, and uh, so, what was really interesting for myself, my husband Eamon, and perhaps me specifically being from Scotland, my husband is Irish, but um, what we what we both of us noticed was um, we, we went to the premiere in Hollywood, we were lucky enough to go to that, but we also went to the premiere um, in Edinburgh as well, which is the European premiere, so we went to the to, to that one, and the, res- the, the different response at different parts of the film, it was really, really interesting, so where people were maybe laughing in, in the Hollywood premiere, there wasn't such a big laugh in, in Scotland, but maybe there'd be other parts, a bit more in-jokes, where people would be rolling about the aisles laughing at it in Scotland, but maybe it, it had been missed in in the States, you know? And uh, so that was really, really interesting, that they were playing out all these kind of, almost like storylines within storylines aimed at different audiences in, in different countries. So that that's really, really clever writing and shows great attention to detail as well. So let's talk about your new uh, album that you have out. Um, how did you come up with it, and what's probably one of the best things that you enjoyed about creating the uh, album? Oh, well, um, I guess for me, doing this album was um, it was really fun because we recorded most of it um, for the first time ever um, at home. So previously, we've gone off to, to, to big studios and uh, and spent time um, you know, f- focusing in the music, and sometimes I think you really need that. I think you need to go away from home and be in a, a, a recording studio, surrounded with bandmates and an engineer, and just have that feeling of you're you're in there, you're in the moment. The red button is on, and let's go. But um, I had two children at the time, and they were very very small. My youngest was only a baby, and it just didn't feel. I just didn't feel like I wanted to do that. So we kind of brought the studio to us and we brought a, a great friend of ours who's a brilliant engineer and who specializes in engineering um, live performances 
um, in different spaces, not necessarily in a dedicated music space. So it could be in, um, you know, interesting spaces like churches or or, or different halls or different venues. And um, we brought him and a, a truckload of equipment to our house and we basically set up a studio within our house and we spent a week with our friends around and we cooked loads of food and the kids were around and it was very, very relaxed. And I think that contributed lots to the feeling of, that I, I can feel it within the music and the album that it's very, uh, to me, to my mind, it feels kind of focused and yet relaxed. And that's maybe just because of my own memories of recording it are like that. But I, I can kind of hear it in the music that it's, um, uh, it, it feels homely in a way and it feels kind of together. I, unfortunately, I don't understand the language that's being said, but like I said, I don't have to because it's just amazing to hear it in itself. But he, if I was able to read it, I would probably would need to ask this question, but uh, does it tell a story? Like, does each uh, song kind of like complement a different type of a story all the way through the album? Yeah, I, th- I think that, yeah, every song does tell its own story. And I think um, I chose the title. It's actually it, it's a, f- a phrase from one of the lines of the song. And it's um, quite a powerful line about it. it one of the songs is um, it's a, a song that was composed in memory of a wonderful man who did who did a lot to to um, preserve much of the songs and the traditions in the Gaelic language. And he he was um, he took ill and he died very young at the age of I think forty eight. His name was Callum McLean, and his brother wrote this song in his honour after his death. And he, he describes his many qualities and he talks about how he collected every song and every story. And I guess to me, um, that that kind of rang around in my head a little bit because every song has its own story, but quite often when a song is passed from singer to singer, they, have, they, they give the song their own story as well. And the song has its own story for the singer. So I guess it's kind of this idea of the story continuing and although the song is passed on and kind of remains the same in essence each singer can bring something to it and they get something from it as well and the story continues and evolves so let's talk about uh, tell everybody how they can find your music how they can buy it and maybe where they can see you well, um, I guess you could um, check out, you know, like the social media things like Twitter and Facebook, where you'll find me under Julie Fowlis. Um, my surname is F-O-W-L-I-S. Um, and um, some of the links to some things that we're, we're doing and some of our concerts are juliefowlis.com. And we're going to be touring the States um, in October um, 2016. And um, we're going to be starting off in North Carolina and making our way around a few different places. We're not going to Florida this time, unfortunately. But um, And I know we finish up in South Carolina as well. Um, but all our dates are on the website. And so we're, we're really excited. We, we try and come over to the States once a year. And um, we we love touring um, over over your way. It's always um, real, really good fun. And um, I, then the rest of the year we spend, you know, in, in Scotland and, and through other parts of Europe as well. So... Um, we're, we're like it's it's a kind of a constant um, changing calendar, but we always try and keep um, three weeks or four weeks of our of our year keep, keep that aside to, for coming to the US. So we're excited to come and see you next month. Well, hopefully you'll be able to come here next time into the Tampa Bay area or even Orlando. I'd love to I'd love to come out yeah, and see a concert. Yeah, we'd love so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your music. And I really hope that this opens up people's eyes to see that there is so many different types of music out there. And I really hope they go and enjoy it. And I cannot wait to see what you what you have coming out in the near future. Thanks so much, Jason. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to be playing for you right now her song, uh, Touch the Sky from Brave. And we're going to be playing some other songs of hers off of her new album uh, throughout the show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Calling and the sky is clear and bright. 
hide secrets and mountains are fierce and bold. Deep waters hold reflections of times lost long ago. I will hear every story. Guys, that was Touch the Sky from the Brave soundtrack. And now we're going to be hearing a song off of her brand new album called Gaiul. I'm going to try to say this the best way I know how. If I can, it's a Shmrock Klan Domnal. And that is the song that we're going to be hearing right now. So when you come back from after the song, we're going to be going to a break and coming right back with Paul Quo. Uncle, 
Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, I'm Andy Allo, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, everybody, I have on the line with me a very special guest. His name is Paul Quo, and he is Martin in God's Not Dead and God's Not Dead 2. Uh, welcome to the show, Paul. How are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for having me on your show, Jason. Oh, you're welcome. So kind of tell me a little bit about your character, Martin. So my character, Martin, uh, in the first movie, God's Not Dead, uh, he is a student from China and came here over to the U.S. to study. And he happens to be in the class where Professor Radisson, played by Kevin Sorbo, and uh, Josh, uh, played by Shane Harper, were having that heated debate about whether God exists or not. And he was sitting in the classroom and experienced the whole thing. And at the end of the movie, he comes to the conclusion and stands up and says, God is not dead, and becomes a Christian. And then in the second movie, he takes his, his story continues on now that he's a Christian, he, has to, he struggles with his newfound faith and the intellectual aspect uh, side of things. He has to you know, figure out, and he's got lots and lots of questions that he's asking. And on top of that, he's also uh, having to, he also has to deal with his family who, that is completely against his newfound faith. And he, but as a result of all of the things that he's going through, he actually gets a chance to mentor another one of the lead characters in the story and guides her in her uh, journey to faith. Now, was your was your character, because of, born in China, were they technically Buddhist, or were they just atheist altogether, like they didn't believe in God at all? Uh, the family, well, the character I portrayed, he was an, an atheist. Because um, in China, uh, during the Cultural Revolution, you know, the government eradicated all forms of religion, so they became an atheist country. And so... You know, and so they're one of those families. They didn't pick up uh, any more uh, any other religion, and he grew up pretty much an atheist uh, in an increasingly capitalistic China. So that's kind of his background, and his dad is a well-off uh, businessman, and and yeah, so that's kind of where he came from. And so his family is has no belief backgrounds. Now, were you uh, were you Christian to begin with before going into this role? And if you were Christian uh, or weren't Christian, how did you prepare yourself to take on a role like this? Well, I was definitely Christian. For I mean, I've been a Christian all my life. I'm like third generation or something like that um, Christian. So my my parents are Christian. My grandparents are Christian. I, uh, my great I think some of my great grandparents are uh, Christians. And so, you know, I, I kind of grew up in that whole entire world. My dad's a pastor, actually, so I kind of lived in the church for a very long time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I definitely uh, had a lot of knowledge about Christianity and everything that they were talking about in the movie going into it. And so I had a lot of exp uh, similar experiences, you know, dealing with my intellectual side of things and my faith, you know, juggling the two. Um, and so I kind of pulled on to that as I prepared for the role of Martin. Hmm. Now, I know in this world today, Christianity is becoming extremely taboo. Uh, anybody that seems to portray it in the in the uh, in the media or even in in uh, in the entertainment industry is extremely chastised for it. Uh, what type of advice would you give to those who are struggling in your faith? And also, how did you manage that? If if you had any uh, recourse from it at all from your fellow peers. I mean, for me personally, I don't worry too much about that. Uh, I just kind of do my thing, you know, stay true to who I am, and I, and I'll not get too bogged down with all of that stuff. I think my advice to everyone is to just really know who you are and just 
stick with it and believe it. I mean, that's the most important thing because it's so easy to get lost in Hollywood. There's so much stuff going on, so many people pulling you in so many different directions. It's extremely important to stay grounded and know who you are, know what you believe in, and keep at it and keep that in your focus. And I think I kind of that's kind of what I did. And you're like, and it's uh, it's fortunate for me that I got a chance to be in a movie that is a Christian movie that allowed me to be more openly expressive about my faith. But even then, I feel like you know I don't quite necessarily hide it, but I also don't you know it's just something that is a part of me. I just kind of hold on to it as strong as, as strongly as I possibly can. And what was the best part for you being in this movie? I think the best part is the fact that I can tell my parents, hey, I'm in like a Christian movie. And hey, oh my gosh, the Christian movie I'm in is like one of the biggest movies of the year. And, and you know, because my parents are, are, my dad's a pastor and they, you know, and they're very into missionary work and all that other good stuff. So, um, they, you know, knowing that their son's in a Christian movie that they can tell all their pastor friends and all of their friends and families uh, about. And I think that's the best part of being in this movie. I can see that. I mean, it's got to be in, it's got to be impressive for him. When you started to get into the industry, were they worried about how it would influence you or impact your life at all? No, actually, uh, <laughs> I think they were just more worried about me actually making a living. You know, <laughs> it's oh, you're going to be an actor. How are you going to make money? You know, but my parents are very supportive um, because, especially because I went in there doing music, and so they 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 love the fact that I did a lot of music for churches, and so. You know, they weren't worried about that since I, I was still serving in a lot of churches and I was still leading worship. I was directing choirs all the time. So they weren't, like, too concerned about that. They were more concerned about putting, you know, me being able to feed myself and put food on the table, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a very big concern, especially since it's such a, uh, it's such a, um, a flooded market for everybody because everybody wants to be there, that everybody wants to be able to do this. But obviously not everybody can make it. What made you believe in your heart that you were able to do this and do it well? Well, I think for me it's, it's all about being true to the character. I mean, when I read about it, when I, when I read, read the uh, script, uh, well, the, the parts that I got, you know, I, I thought, oh, it's a Christian movie. Oh, this guy's from China. I'm like, okay, I can relate to that. Like, and he's very smart. He goes to college, and he's very intellectual, and he's full of um, questions in, um, um, in his life. So I was like, oh, okay, I can definitely relate to this character, and I can. I feel like I felt confident about being able to portray it um, because I can pull on a lot of my own personal experience as well as the experiences of a lot of people that I do know and that are very close to me. And what, ex- what advice would you give to anybody that is looking to get into the entertainment industry, and what were some of the struggles that you've had to overcome, and how did you manage to do that? So I think, you know, the biggest struggle is having, I mean, one of the best things I, I learned from being an actor is knowing what faith is. And I think that's the most important thing for anyone who wants to be in the industry is to keep that faith going. And, I mean... You know, having trust in God that He wants me there, He wants me in these places, He wants me to do this, um, that He will open the doors that He wants me to go through. And that's kind of like the philosophy that I've had with my acting and with my music and with everything that I do. It's kind of like, well, God, if you want me to keep doing this, then keep opening doors. If you don't want me to do any of this, then fine, go ahead, shut the doors, and I'll go somewhere else. You know, that's kind of how I managed to stay, stay sane and in this volatile industry. Now, I also you also mentioned that you you were in uh, music choirs and everything else, and, and uh, I see that you have a music master's in music. Uh, tell us about your music and where can they find it? So I've done a lot of music in my life. Uh, I yes, like you said, I have a master degree uh, from USC on the University of Southern California. That's my alma mater. Um, you know, I've done my piano performance undergrad, and I did composition and musical theater and all sorts of good stuff there. And so, yeah, I've done a lot of that. I've recorded a lot of piano, solo, piano, improv albums in my past. Uh, and then right now, I just recently released my newest vocal album, and, along with a couple of Christian singles that's online. And you can find it all online on my website, paulquo.com, and that's P-A-U-L-K-W-O.com. Uh, and you can also find it on iTunes or Google Play or any other place that you... You listen to music. Uh, most of my music should be there. 
And uh, yeah, and of course, you can always access them at my website. And also, you know, you can keep up with me on my social media, too. I always post my new stuff there. And also, where can people find and view the movie? Oh, so the movie, you can find it pretty much anywhere online uh, that sells movies. Uh, I, I, I just looked at it today. I was like, oh, yeah, it's on iTunes. And it's on Amazon, and it's on all, all these uh, a lot of these other places you can access movies from. Uh, you can also get it on in stores uh, across uh, nationwide. So lots of stores are carrying them. I'm already getting a lot of pictures from uh, on my Instagram feed of people having gone to the store and you know bought their own copy of Tops Not Dead too. Well, Paul, we're just about out of time here, and I know I, I kind of was uh, the, the problem for that, and I really hate it because I really wanted to talk to you a little bit more about stuff, but um, I'm glad you came on, and I really hope that people see the movie and take something out of it, and that's the most important part, I'm sure, for you, too, that people walk away with, with a uh, message. Absolutely, yeah. I'm glad to be able to talk to you, and I hope everyone gets a chance to watch the movie because it's got a wonderful message, and it's got wonderful people acting in it, so I think you will not be disappointed watching this movie. All right, again, thank you for coming on, and I wish you all the best, and I cannot wait to see what you have coming out in the future. All right, thank you so much. You're welcome. I had a great time talking to you. All right. All right, guys, we're going to go to commercial break. When we get back, we will have so much more, so don't go anywhere. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends. Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Hi, it's Sharon May Wang here from OMG, We're in a Horror Movie. I'd love for you to check it out at iTunes or Google Play today. Thank you. All right, guys, it is the end of the show already. But before I go, I have some things I want to uh, talk to you about that happened in the entertainment industry. First of all, Phyllis Shafley, the first lady of political uh, of the political right, died at the age of 92. She was involved in a lot of grassroots campaigns against communism, abortion, and she was also a, a proponent for equal rights. She was a modern feminist. And she is also a staunch conservative that did a lot of uh, writing in blogs, magazines. Uh, she is the founder of the uh, Eagle Forum, the Republican National Coalition for Life. And she was an American constitutional lawyer. She was a brilliant woman a lot, and has set the bar for so many other amazing women writers and activists out there. She will be sadly missed. Also, um, if you are a fan of Live with uh, it was Michael and Kelly, now it's uh, just Live with Ke- with uh, Kelly Ripa. Uh, as you know, Strahan uh, left the show a little while ago, and after he left, we found out there was a lot of weird things going on over there, and that she was a really hard one to work with. So she has really been without a uh, co-host for a long time, but now she is going to give her fans the opportunity to be a co-host with her and make it interactive. So if you want to be a possible co-host with with her, um, I don't know if it's a long-term thing or if it's just a couple of times they'll, they'll bring a couple of people on. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. It may, be, uh, it may be something long-term. Who knows? But she is giving you that opportunity. And if you want to be a part of that opportunity, all you have to do is go to the uh, live fa- Facebook fan page or to her uh, to the website and apply. It's that easy. So if you wanted to try for it, good luck, guys. We, you know, this could be a start of a great career for you. Uh, even if it doesn't work out with the show, it definitely may work out for another show. Who knows? You may get your own, like Strahan, with um, with some of the things he does. Plus, he also is the co-host of uh, of um, Good Morning America. So you never know what an opportunity will lead if you're given it. So go try. A lot of fun, and uh, if nothing else, it'll be a great experience for you. All right, guys, so that's about all we have for you today. Uh, I'm going to be playing some songs here to 
finish out the uh, finish out the show because we got about four minutes left, so uh, got a little bit of time. But I want to send you off on a great note, so you have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Find something that inspires you. Pick it up and do it. Uh, whether that be a new job, whether that be some type of education, whether that be the arts, it doesn't matter. Just get out there and be something spectacular. Live up to the expectations that I know you have for yourself and that we have for you. So until then, guys, keep those creative juices flowing, and we will talk to you again next week, same time, same channel. Have a great week, everybody. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.